Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. Being a ghost, you'd have much less pockets, but you have, have infinite pockets. You are your own pocket. You're right. What am I doing? <laughs> Just pull it out of your stomach. Yeah. My pocket being my set, my entire body, and just reach yeah, in. Exactly. That's the. Yeah. I miss pockets. Pockets, you could organize things. Mm. When you're just a void of, of, it, of space, it's so much harder to place things in their correct place. Eh. Okay. You get good at it. Just get good. All right. You you have some kind of some kind of organization I do not have, I guess. Uh, I thought you were gonna just try to throw me into like doing my first topic. We haven't even announced what the topic is. No, we haven't. Today we're telling. I guess we're telling us stories. <laughs> we're telling us stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, we're telling ghost stories today. Well, a mixture of ghost stories, ghostly things, paranormal events. You know, uh, see, I think a cool way, interesting way to open really word, um, if, if we can separate ourselves from ourselves, like, um, um, I don't know what you mean by that. Um, that was a weird way of saying it. Uh, um, have you had any, when you were alive? Yes. Do you have any paranormal experiences? You asked me this when we first started. No. Did we? Yes, that oh. was the, like the first thing in the first episode you asked me, which I forgot to ask Linda that when she was here last week. Oh, that's such a throwback. Wow. I'll have to okay. ask her uh, that the next time she's on. I must have told my story already. Then. Wow. Uh, I'll tell it again. It's a whole, you know, that was a whole season ago. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's nothing interesting because, you know, um, yeah, it was nothing interesting, but it, weirdly enough. So it was me and my dad were sitting on the couch. There, uh, our house is built like a freaking hallway, so you can see from both sides of the house. If you have the, all the doors open, you can see like from one end to the other. So it just makes this whole hallway. The stuff of my nightmares every once in a while because of that. This is the um, house in North Carolina, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the door to their master bedroom was open, and there's this fan that's on in there, and it's turning left and right. And then um, my my mom get, comes out of the room she unplugs the fan and then she goes she leaves for work and it's just me and my dad and then all of a sudden the fan turns on again 
um, and starts blowing a little bit. And then my dad, as an absolute joke, I don't know what possessed him to say this, but he just goes, he goes, he goes, uh, uh, knock it off, Grandpa. And then it just, it stops. Um, and his, his grandfather had passed away maybe five, six years prior to that. Um, but that was interesting. Real no, no real explanation for that. For the thing about it was it even had a light on as if it was receiving power. Right. It wasn't plugged into the wall. So. <clears throat> the only way I can chalk it up to being a skeptic mm -hmm. of, uh, is, uh, I was stupid as a kid and didn't realize it might have still been plugged in. Because um, I don't think I saw my mom unplug it. I just saw that she was near it and it turned off, so I assumed. Hmm. Anyway. Right. Let's talk about some real ghost stories. <laughs> I don't know how real these are, but they're supposedly... But, well, at least the one I have, if you want me to start. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Because I do want to get through this one, which I don't know if I can get through. Well, it's probably going to not take that long. Um... This is uh, from a book called Spooky Indiana. It's an excerpt. I think it's by this guy named, or well, I don't know. Let me look them up really quick. Just to, why can't I search? Whatever, I'll have to copy and paste. Okay, so it, it, it is a woman. Uh, her name is S.E. Schlosser. I assume that's the how that name is pronounced. I'm gonna turn down the music really quick. Sorry. There's a fly in the studio. There's a fly on the train. A ghost fly. Okay, yeah, you guys don't understand. Imagine being bothered by a pest that it can't die. Because it already is. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'll start this one. It's an ex As I said, it's an ex excerpt from Spooky Indiana by S.E. Schlosser. Uh, the story is called The Face. The medical student toppled into love as soon as he set eyes on Sheila, the beautiful new transvestite. She had messes of long black hair and eyelashes so long that they got tangled in her curls when she leaned over their desk. The medical student was had withdrawn had a withdrawn nature. Sorry, I'm gonna trip over my words somewhat. Though not by inclination, he learned the hard way that people avoided him when they learned about his insane father, locked away in an asylum. But he had overcome his taciturn nature, or risk, or he had to overcome his taciturn nature, or risk losing Sheila to one of the other fellows that, paint, that panted after her. I read through this fine earlier, I don't know why I'm struggling so much right now. So the medical student volunteered to tutor Sheila in one of her classes. After, after that, it was easy. Sheila toppled into love, and the medical student with the medical student as madly as he was in love with her. They went everywhere together, hardly being bearing to part for classes. The medical student had lived in a bubble of joy until the day he saw Sheila speaking with to a good-looking fellow who lived in the same dorm. They were laughing together over something one of the professors had said in a history class, and the shaft of sheer jealousy pierced the medical student's gut. How dare she laugh with another man? This is problematic. He confronted his Sheila with her perceived trespass, and she stared at him incredulously. You're crazy, she said. He winced, reminded of his father, and shouted insults at Sheila. 
until she stalked off in a rage. They made up over dinner, and things were fine for a while, until the medical student saw Shilo borrow a pen, Shilo? Sheila, borrow a pen from a handsome blonde fellow at the library. That set him off again. They hissed angry words at each other until the librarian kicked them out. The medical student huddled on a narrow bed in his dorm room until black anger gave way to common sense. He called Sheila and apologized. She accepted his apology, and they were back together. The medical student was scheduled to take Sheila to a local dance on Friday night, so he rushed back to his dorm to dress his best. As he turned to leave, the medical student noticed that a scalpel had fallen out of his medical bag and lay haphazardly on his desk. He thrust it carelessly inside the bag and went to pick up his girlfriend and escort her sorry, escort her to the dance. Ghost burp. Gurp. Is that back on? Because the music got suddenly like way quieter when you like chuckled. I don't know. Should it be? Let me just make sure really quick. Uh, anyways. <clears throat> I guess I'll just continue. It's fine. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find where I left off. Ah. Okay. Here it is. The couple had a fabulous evening drinking, dancing, and eating. They left the party around midnight and walked hand in hand back to his dorm for a nightcap. When they reached the entryway, Sheila veered off for a moment to ask a red-haired fellow from one of her art classes for an assignment that was due the next day. The medical student was instantly filled with gut-nine jealousy. When Sheila rejoined him, he hustled upstairs to his room and shouted, You flirt with every man you meet, you tramp! You're crazy, Sheila shouted back. Stark raving mad. Anyways, on that note, we need to take a short little break. We will be right back on the Paranormal Express. Hello. Thank you for listening to the voice of Kutztown University Radio, KUR. We'll be right back to Paranormal Express shortly. But first, attention KU community. KUR podcasts, a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search for Kutztown University Radio, and then listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcaster programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. To go to our Mixcloud page, www.mixcloud.com slash KUradio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to the Paranormal Express. Before, I was reading a story by S.E. Schlosser called The Face. Well, it's not by, it's retold by S.E. Schlosser, I should say, because I think they just collect stories from various states and then put them in this book. We left off with uh, Sheila and the medical student, because he doesn't have a name, uh, going back to his uh, dorm room after their dance. But on the way, Sheila stopped to ask someone about their class, and of course, the medical student being unhinged uh, was filled with jealousy and started getting angry with him. The boyfriend saw red. Don't call me mad, he said. His gro- his 
sorry, his hand groping for the loose scalpel in his medical bag on the desk when the mist cleared from his eyes. Sheila lay dead at his feet, her throat cut from ear to ear. The whole room was covered with red gore, and her masses of black hair lay in a pool of streaming blood. That was good timing. The medical student's brain went into overdrive. Hide the body, clean up the blood, invent an alibi. But first, he stared at the dead girl he had loved so much. He knelt beside the body and slowly cut off her face. He wrapped the face carefully in plastic before putting it in his desk drawer. Then he cleared up the blood and hid the body in a tunnel near the laundry room. The next morning, the medical student told his roommate Sheila had broken up with him and gone home in a snit without finishing her classes. The roommate accepted the story without question and didn't appear to notice the way the medical student peered obsessively inside his desk drawer. The medical student finally tore himself away from Sheila's face to attend his 11 o'clock class. When he returned at lunchtime, he found his roommate leaning over the open window, looking ill. I think I have flu. I'd best run to the pharmacy to pick up something for it, the roommate said when he came in. Want me to take a look? The medical student asked, reaching for his bag. His roommate turned white. No, thank you. Don't bother. He gasped, practically running from the room. The medical student shrugged in exasperation, peered into the drawer at Sheila's face, and settled down to work on a paper he had due next week. Downstairs, his roommate was on the phone with the police. The medical student went ballistic when the police came in with a warrant to arrest him. The man handled him out of his chair with the grim-faced officer looking into the desk drawer. When he saw the dead girl's face, the officer swore violently and vomited onto the floor. The medical student was placed in the asylum with his father, who was locked away in a padded room next door. Every day, while his enraged father tried to kill his attendants. The bereft boyfriend wept and stared out the window, seeing Sheila's lovely face in the branches of a tree nearby. The face seemed to sway with the rhythm of his father's fists as his insane parent pounded and pounded at the walls. Back in the dorm, the ghost of a young girl in a bloodstained dress still floats along the hallways, searching for her face. That's the end of that story. Alright. <clears throat> so, mm. we just finished the story The Face, once again. By, it's, well, it's retold by S.E. Schlosser. So, how did you feel about that? You said you quite had some the, things. It was definitely quite the spooky one. A um, little bit. I mean, I feel I like mean, it's very realistic, I guess. I don't know anyone who's, per- at least personally, who is this obsessed and possessive and like I hope to never meet anybody that much like literally crazy like he he is crazy she is right yeah um I think that's what makes it scary is how reasonable this could be as a real event I guess yeah unfortunately I do think it's a little funny somewhat um just in how ridiculous it is oh yeah not unbelievable but like I just feel like it's ridiculous but uh, my favorite line is when Sheila shouted back, Stark raving mad! <laughs> but yeah. Very uh, poetic. Yeah, a little bit. Way of being like, man, you crazy. You crazy. 
Um, and it set itself up pretty good. I mean, mm -hmm. just like the introduction of his like use of his tools and like how he acts. I mentioned uh, to you that it's uh, he's kind of just an incel in a way. Oh yeah. Like he, um, I don't really know how to explain that other than just read the story or listen back again. It's like, yeah. it, he really is. He just can't handle her literally associating with anyone other than him. At least he's yeah. a man who's male. Yeah. Oh yeah. This dude obviously has issues, but yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Issues are scary, bro. Issues are scary because okay. they're real. Yeah. Okay, talking about silly and ridiculous, I got a good one for you. All right. This one's not so silly. Well, this one wasn't silly, but it was a little ridiculous. Yeah, this one's going to be silly. Let me tell you. Okay, so we start with man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of the road. He turned to his girl and say, baby, I love you very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo, she says. There have been news report of steeries being stolen. Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. So the guy left to get full of the car. After two hours, the girl say, Where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound and voice say, let me in. The girl doesn't do it. And then after a while, she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check and man door hand hook car door. The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wondering if that would be the end. Oh, yeah. So I was holding off. Uh, I've heard that story before. I'm pretty sure I like it. Oh yeah, it's a good one. So, really, so um, really poetic. Really, um, it's a, it's honestly like a masterpiece. It's a I'd say an avant-garde use of grammar. <laughs> and Stary. just like, why not? Like that's all you need to know is hand hook door or <laughs> man door hand hook car door. <laughs> man hook hand door car door. I love it. Oh my gosh. So this was. Originally a anonymous post on um, July 19th, 2012, June 19th, 2012 on 4chan. The spookiest place on the internet. So it's, it's actually based on... I mean, you can, almost legend. everyone's anonymous on uh, 4chan. Oh, for the most that's, part. That's sure. the point of 4chan. Oh, yeah. According to 4chan. <laughs> yeah. That was way before 4chan became the beast it is today, too. Yeah, kind of. Um, so My favorite actually, 4chan the, post is the one where it's a picture of a dog drinking water and it goes shlop, 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 shlop. Yes. <laughs> Pretty basic to have a favorite as that, but I mean, there's not much else to like on. No, there really isn't. <laughs> 4chan's not um, full of uh, good things, really. So apparently Snopes did a, 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 a um, like, tried to debunk where this came from, and they apparently... Mandor Handhook Car is based on the urban legend The Hook. Um, well, yeah. Gotta see. Basically, like teenagers, like uh, Lovers Lane with a radio, and then, then he's. So this is what they meant to say. Then he saw a hook on the door handle. I don't think I will ever park to make out as long. 
What? Park to make out. Well, while you oh, figure that park. out, we Sorry, will be right Chuck, back. Listen to Revolution on the radio voice of Kutztown University on Thursdays from 6 to 7 for the best in alternative and indie with some of your favorite classics thrown into here on KUR. This is Officer Riz from Reading Police Department. If you have your wipers on due to inclement weather, you must turn on your headlights. If you don't follow this law, you could be fined. So remember, wipers on, headlights on. It's the law. To learn more about traffic safety, visit JustDrivePA.com. Brought to you by PennDOT and this station. K-U-R. I'm a man. I'm a Canadian. I am a Christian. I'm for real. I'm a white guy. I'm ready to kill. I'm a primitive. I'm like a raccoon in the garage. I basically... I am a fraud. I'm a patriot. I am 1776. I'm liberal. The radio voice of Kutztown University. Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This You're is the Paranormal on. Express. What were you saying? Sorry. The Paranormal Express. No, pa- yeah, yeah, Paranormal, that, that paranormal Para- Express. Para- Did you see earlier when the, uh, in the, in the general chat, I won't say the specifics, but, uh, the general chat when uh, the the computer was uh, threatening to create a anti well not anti a uh, I guess anti our podcast not like a not like a hate podcast but like the anti of our podcast called Para- Express Paranoia. Express Paranoia. <laughs> That's- yeah, yeah. Wow, that is quite. I told them that it was vibe. just going to be a, uh, a a talk show about. Um, uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's... I actually kind of want to do that, to be honest. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean... They're crazy. Because, you know, you can treat it the same way fictional stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Mandor ha- hand hook car door. Yeah, that. <laughs> one of the most haunting experiences I've ever experienced. Ugh. Was it, what, what were you trying to figure out before? Oh, yeah. What I was trying to say was that the actual, like, excerpt uh, um, was from uh, um, a website that has a... Uh, they were looking for, like, things to cite as... This is probably what they were talking about. Apparently, there's uh, a book called Dear Arby. Dear Abby in 1960. And they specifically talk about the... Uh, uh, then he saw a hook on the door handle. And, but that got turned into man door hand hook car door <laughs> it's almost like not just using google translate but letting a bot use google translate yeah oh yeah so... do you remember it's a it's a video on youtube i'm pretty sure um mm-hmm. it's like ai creates a harry potter story or something like that yes and it reminds me of that a little bit but it, I mean, that's not misspelled. It's just weird word choice usually, and yeah, just kind of absurd yeah. storylines. Oh yeah, for sure. Right, so yeah, that was uh... okay. I can go on to my yeah yeah. I can go on to my thing now. My I, I have a similar one that has to do with a car, though it is much more serious than that. <laughs> 
I just start reading it like it's a 4chan post. Be me. Um, so this one is called Axe Murder Hollow from Spooky Pennsylvania by S.C. Schlosser. I think all these are by, or well, retold by S.C. Schlosser in their book. Uh, Mine is as well. Yes. <laughs> the 4chan post was made by S.C. Schlosser. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, they seem to collect a lot of these stories, though. Uh, this cool. one specifically is called Axe Murder Hollow. Uh, I think it takes place... It's a real place in Pennsylvania, so the story happens around this specific road, which I actually looked up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's oh, called cool. Thomas Road. Okay. But yes, I will get on with the story. Let me find it again. Susan and Ned were driving through a wooded, empty section of a highway. Lightning flashed, thunder roared, the sky went dark in the torrential downpour. We'd better stop, said Susan. Ned nodded in his, his head in agreement. He stepped on the brake, and suddenly the car started to slide on the slick pavement. They plunged off the road and slid to a halt at the bottom of an incline. Pale and shaking, Ned quickly turned to check if Susan was all right. When she nodded, Ned relaxed and looked through the rain-soaked windows. I'm going to see how bad it is, he told Susan. And when... Sorry, I keep misreading this because they wrote they wrote when instead of went right here. Yeah. And went out into the storm. She saw his blurry figure in the headlight, walking in front of the car. A moment later, he jumped beside her. He jumped beside her in the car, soaking wet. So, sorry, I skipped the line. The car's not badly damaged, but we're wheel deep in mud. He said, "I'm going to have to go for help." Susan swallowed nervously. There would be no quick rescue here. He told her to turn off the headlights and lock the doors until he returned. Axe murder hollow. Although Ned hadn't said the name out loud. They both knew what he had been thinking when he told her to lock the car. This place was where a man had once taken an axe and hacked his wife to death in a jealous rage over an alleged affair. Supposedly, the axe-wielding spirit of the husband continued to haunt this section of the road. Outside the car, Susan heard a shriek, a loud thump, and a strange gurgling noise but she couldn't see anything in the darkness. Frightened, she shrank down into her seat. She sat in silence for a while, and then she noticed another sound. Bump, bump, bump. This song is very not spooky for this, <laughs> but oh well. I'm so relaxed, dude, <laughs> while listening to this horror story. <laughs> it was a soft sound, like something being blown by the wind. Suddenly, the car was illuminated by a bright light, and an official-sounding voice told her to get out of the car. Ned must have found a police officer. Susan unlocked the door and stepped out of the car. As her eyes adjusted to the bright light, she saw it. Hanging by his feet from the tree next to the car was the dead body of Ned. His body, sorry, not body, his bloody throat had been cut so deeply that there that he was nearly decapitated. <clears throat> Continuing the story. Sorry, I just need to find where I was. 
The wind swung his corpse back and forth so that it thumped against the tree. Bump, bump, bump. Susan screamed and ran towards the voice and the light. As she drew close, she realized the light was not coming from a flashlight standing there. Sorry. Standing there was the glowing figure of a man with a smile on his face and a large, solid, indefinitely real axe in his hands. She backed away from the glowing figure until she bumped into the car. Playing around when my back was turned, the ghost whispered, stroking the sharp blade of the axe with his fingers. You've been very naughty. The last thing she saw was the glint of the axe blade in the eerie incandescent light. And that is the end of the Axe Murder Hollow. Wow. That's a pretty, uh... Um, what's a better word than the word I'm trying to use? Um, that's a pretty sly ghost. Yeah. He was a teasiner. Jeez. A little bit, yeah. He's also a, a ghoul from Fallout. He's glowing. Oh. <laughs> the glowing nice. ones, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, you don't see that too often. Ghosts are, like, always dark and, like, just white, you know? Yeah. They should glow, too. I think some of the Scooby-Doo ghosts glow. Besides, of course, Captain Cutler. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, definite glow. Because he'd be radioactive man. He do be radioactive man. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's more um, like the uh, creeper. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't and know. I don't mean it's Minecraft. Indistinguishable. I feel like they're all just True. except for the ghost. The ghost though was pretty really good. Do you have anything spooky. else to say about the axe murder hollow, or do you want to move on to your story? next one uh i was just gonna say it reminds me of the uh um the ats the ats murder house mm. there's a few um, of those I, you remember yeah. uh there's hinterkaifeck that was like the most famous oh, one. oh yeah yeah okay dang houses and axes man axes are scary it's because axes used to be a weapon of convenience because they were everywhere yeah. of course because they had the chapter of wood all the time mm -hmm. so okay. almost every house had one you could just go gotcha. there grab theirs and use it so I'm going to go on to my next story. Um, this is going to be... This one is called The Jack-O-Lantern, uh, which is another, uh, which was excerpted from uh, Spooky Maryland, retold by S.E. Schlosser as well. After a long day of unlucky hunting, I found myself stuck in the middle of the marshlands for the night, without a flashlight or a lantern to guide my stumbling steps. So I settled beside a fallen log to rest until daylight. As I tossed and turned, I recalled the story my great uncle told me about a ghost that haunted the marshlands. There was once a man named Jack who was a nasty fellow. He beat his wife and kids and was all around a bad chap. Jack got worse and worse as the years rolled by, but finally Jack's body got so wore out that he died. He went up to heaven, but St. Peter refused to let such a wretched fellow in. Then he went to hell, but the devil the devil barred the door as soon as he saw Jack coming and wouldn't let him in either. Go away and don't come back, the devil told Jack. How am I supposed to get back in the dark, Jack grumbled. Give me a lantern. So the devil threw a chunk of molten fire out to Jack, who told it for his lantern and went back to Earth, where he wanders forever through the swamps and marshlands of the Earth. A bitter spirit whose only delight was in luring the unwary to their doom with his lamp. 
At this juncture in my musings, I happen to look out over the marshes and notice the blinking light in the fog. Is that you, Jack-o'-lantern? I called jovially. Jack. A voice whispered back. I was seriously spooked. I clutched my gun to my chest, the hairs on my arms standing on end. Had that been the, an echo of my voice, or was someone out here with me? Who's there? I shouted, trying to be brave and menacing. I waved my gun around. Show yourself at once. Jack. The voice hissed from a completely different section of the swamp. A light blinked on and then off. On and then off. Shudders ran up my spine at the sound of the ghastly voice coming from nowhere. I held it up against the log, wanting something firm at my back. Suddenly, the story of the jack-o'-lantern didn't seem so funny. My heart was pounding so hard it made my chest hurt. I strained my ears in the silence that fell over the swamp. Jack. The voice hissed from somewhere to my left this time. The lights blinked on, off, on. I counted ten heartbeats this time before it went off. The voice sounded closer. I held very still, my instinct screaming at me to hold my breath and not move until the menace had passed. The voice came again, far off to the right. Jack, it hissed. The light came on, off, on, off. It's moving away, I thought, just relaxing a bit, feeling safer. There was a long, long, long silence. Nothing stirred, not the wind in the grass, not the frogs or turtles in the water, not the crickets or night insects. Jack, the voice hissed softly right into my ear, and I looked up into the glowing red eyes and twisted face of the jack-o'-lantern. I screamed and lashed out at it with my gun. I ran a few steps, tripped and fell over, knocking my head on a sharp stone. For a moment I saw stars, I felt blood pouring from my scalp. But the jack-o'-lantern was right behind me. I had to get away. I rolled and fell into a, a deep pool. I plunged underneath the water, flailing desperately against rope-like grasses that tried to keep me down. My head finally burst out of the water at gasped desperately for air, treading water as best as I could with my trembling limbs and aching head. I heard the creature laugh in the mist. The voice hit delightedly and light blinked on and off and on again, right up over my head. Blinding my dazed eyes, horror flowed through me and froze my limbs so I could no longer swim. For a moment, the grotesque face and red eyes of the jack-o'-lantern loomed over out of the mist for my petrified gaze. My head started to swim with pain from my bleeding skull. The evil face above me, lit by its bright light, whirled around and around, growing dimmer as my eyes started to glaze. I was vaguely aware that I should keep swimming, keep trying to make my way to the edge of the pool, but the effort was too much for my suddenly heavy limbs. I barely noticed myself plunging down, down into the watery depths of the pool, stunned by my injury to fight my way to the surface a second time. Then there was only darkness, a silence, and a voice hipping, hissing in cold triumph. Jack. And that was it. That was Jack Lantern. Yeah. The Will-O-Wisp is one of my favorite, like, ghosts. Oh, yeah? That That's what that, if you didn't realize, that's what that's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the Jack-O-Lantern and the Will-O-Wisp are the same thing, yeah. They have many names yeah. for it. I also just like that it's, like, one of the only... Like, oh, not the only ghost, but it's, like... It's a ghost that has a very easy explanation that we yeah. know about so well now. It's just swamp gas. Swamp gases. Yeah, which is literally the oxidation like. of phosphine, diphosphane, and, or diphosphane, I guess, and methane, produced by organic decay. Yeah, I went to the Will-O-Wisp uh, Wikipedia page, just a uh, ghostpedia page. That's what I want you to think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
they're putting chemicals in the swamps to bring the ghosts yeah, out. Yeah, and, that, and now that's such a common joke is just when something weird happens, it's just swamp, swamp gas. Yeah, because yeah, uh, swamp like, gas is probably just a very common and most well-known thing to like cause these not hallucinations because you are seeing something but it's just a light that people attach these stories to yeah it's bioluminescence um, kind of it's so crazy like i want to see that so bad now also um, one of my favorite things about the will-o'-wisp is that uh there's an explanation for it in pokemon it's, oh yeah uh, it's uh, chimchar his tail oh that's funny so i guess it could also be uh charmander because he has a tail like that, too. Charmander has a tail and fire. I was going to say, like, if there's Litwick. Yeah, that would work, too. Or Chandler's, There's probably a few different, yeah. like, fire Pokemon that could be the result of it. The new Marowak. Mm. The Alolan one. The new, uh... Okay. What's he called? Uh... The Gen 2 starter guy. Uh, uh, Cyndaquil. Yeah, yeah, but his fine... Typhlosion. The new Typhlosion. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's literally a psychopomp. If you read his, uh, his oh, uh, dang. Pokedex See? entry. That's cool. Let's yeah. talk about spooky Pokemon someday. We should. <laughs> spooky video, video game ghosts and stuff. Video game mythology. Oh, that'd be cool. If we do an episode yeah. of video game mythology, I'm just going to talk about Elder Scrolls. You are. Pretty much. You can talk about the Soul Cairn. I can talk about Karn. the Soul Cairn. Cairn. It is Cairn. The, the yeah. Soul Cairn, yeah. The Soul Cairn. <laughs> When you get that really bad Karen, I am the soul Karen. I guess the most Karen character in Skyrim would probably be, uh... We are Karen. We are name? Karen and we are many. Nazim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's probably the most Karen. Either that or, um... Elenwyn from the, uh... The Thalmor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm also yeah. just trying to buy time until we, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to our next break because it's like it's, it's, it's right I around always the like the imagery of jack of uh the jack-o'-lantern like it was one of the inspirations for jack skeletons didn't like, we character. talk about the like the original jack jack-o'-lanterns on uh on our halloween episode that never actually it did air on kur which i'll whatever yeah um but i don't think it aired uh i haven't put it up onto the yeah. Oh, yeah, I did, because we were talking about Halloween tropes and, like, what's a jacket? Oh, no, I did put that up there. It is up there. The Christmas Even one though... is the one that's not up there. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, is the Will-O-Wisp Gaelic? Oh, no, what is it in Gaelic? Because the, the, I like also ah. the origin of the jack-o'-lantern is that huh. it's a turnip. It's not actually a... Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at, because it was originally a turnip. Yeah, and I it only became it a pumpkin when they moved it to America and... Yes. Uh, that was a very common, more common yeah, problem. Yeah, they look terrifying if you look at the turnip ones. I haven't, and I want to see that It's now. on the Jack-O-Lantern Ghostopedia page. Audio listeners, please. What, bear with us? Is it called a Jack-O-Turnip, then? Uh, maybe. No, well, no it's still no a lantern. Sense. Oh, it's in Valheim. Ew. Oh, they are scary. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't look nice. Yeah, I like the one that looks like a shy guy's face. Mm. It's like all circles. That's crazy. That is... Wow. <laughs> I like that there's, there's a jack-o'-lantern with the shape of the Wikipedia logo. I found a new reaction picture. Oh, that's nice. I like how this is just turning us to us, like, just talking. Tea light. It is, oh. yeah. We're just hanging out at this point. I'm sorry. We have a... We sorry, have I was a just looking into that. I wonder if Dude, I have anything about... the music is so relaxing. Oh I guess I could gosh. talk about, like, what the other Will-O-Wisp are called for a second. Why not? It's ghosts. 
Friar's Lantern. Ish. Hinky Puck. I like Hinky Puck. Sorry, Hinky That's, Puck. That sounds like a such a mountain folk thing to say. And oh, we have reached the, Hinky Puck. the station. It's time for a little break. We will be right back. Did you know that KUR, Kutztown University's award-winning radio station, is on Spotify? We offer an incredible sampling of some of our best talk, informational, and educational programming as podcasts on the service. Find KUR's podcast page on Spotify by typing in the words Kutztown University Radio or Kutztown University into the Spotify search bar. This is KUR. The radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR provided in part by the students of Kutztown University Radio. Checking campus headlines, the Kutztown University Council of Trustees has new officers serving in leadership roles for the next two years, as approved at a meeting this past summer. Dr. Robert Grimm Esquire will serve as chair. Dr. Dennis Giorno of the class of 1994 will serve as vice chair. And Mr. Kevin Harden, Jr. of the class of 07, Esquire, will serve as secretary. The 11-member KU Council of Trustees sets broad policy and direction for KU with the assistance of the university president. To learn more about the KU Council of Trustees, you can visit their website. Current membership includes Phillips Armstrong of the class of 71, Dr. Charles Bloxledge of the class of 65, Dr. Dan Greenstein, Thomas Heck, Jim Ludlow, Diane Lutz, Guido Puccini of the class of 74, Jack Wabi of the class of 69, and Evan Santos of the class of 23, student trustee. We check news hourly on KUR. KUR. I love my wife. I love my wife. She is so hot. Like a tater's hot. I love my wife. I love my wife. The radio voice of Kutztown University. Welcome back to the Paranormal Express. Guys, gals, non-binary pals. What was the story you read? I read, um... Or um, just it. The jack uh, jack lantern. Ah, right. Okay. Or like a modern interaction with the ancient yeah. folk ghost jack We might have told the ancient one on our Halloween episode. I don't remember, though. I know we talked about jack o' lanterns. Yes. But yes. Um, so I guess now I can go on to one of my other stories. This one is called Dancing with the Devil, a Texas ghost story. Retold Isn't by that a. S.C. Schlosser, yes? Isn't that a really good song? Uh, probably. Dancing with the devil. I got that stuck in my head now. I I'm tra- I don't remember who did it, but that's I don't know. what came to mind. I will continue with the story. The girl hurried through her schoolwork as fast as she could. It was the night of the f- high school dance, along about 70 years ago in the town of Kingsville, Texas. The girl was so excited about the dance, she had bought a brand new sparkly red dress for the dance. She knew she looked smashing in it. It was going to be the best evening of her life. Then her mother came in the house, looking pale and determined. You are not going to that dance, her mother said. But why? The girl asked her mother. 
I've just been talking to the preacher. He says the dance is going to be for the devil. You are absolutely forbidden to go, her mother said. The girl nodded as if she accepted her mother's words, but she was determined to go to the dance. As soon as her mother was busy, she put on her brand new red dress and ran down to the KC Hall, where the dance was being held. As soon as she walked in the room, all the guys turned to, to look at her. She was startled by the, all the attention. Normally, no one looked at her. Her mother sometimes accused her of being too awkward to get a boyfriend. But she was not awkward that night. The boys in her class were fighting with each other to get a dance with her. Later, she broke away from the crowd and went to the table to get some punch to drink. She heard a sudden hush. The music stopped. When she turned, she saw a handsome man with jet black hair and clothes dancing next to her. Dance with me, he said. She managed to stammer out, yes. Completely stunned by the gorgeous man, he led her out onto the dance floor. The music sprang up at once. She found herself dancing better than she had ever danced before. They were the center of attention. The man had spun her around and around. She gasped for breath trying to step out of the spin, but he spun her faster and faster. Her feet felt hot. The floor seemed to melt under her. He spun her even faster. She was spinning so fast that a cloud of dust flew up around them, both so that they could not be seen from the crowd. When the dust settled, the girl was gone. The man in black bowed once to the crowd and disappeared. The devil had come to this party, and he'd spun the girl all the way to hell. Hmm. That is dancing with the devil. You might call it quite the... Dance macabre. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Man, remember a... how complicated that one story was? What, Dance Macabre? Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, there was a huge, huge a a allegory behind um, the shape of the building they had the party in and the colors of the rooms. Oh, I don't know. It was, know like, that. super cryptic almost. If you really dug into it. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I think this is probably one of the weaker ones I chose. It was probably one of the more little, uh, like, I guess, sillier ones. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I think if this story is real, it, it definitely was born from, like, the satanic panic of, like, the 50s to the 80s or so. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine, um, yeah, somebody coming to a party looking the part for a metal lover or mm. rock music lover. I don't think I anyone here looked that way, but, like, I think it was just, you know, uh, a fear of the devil in general. Yeah. Good heavens, look at him. A devil. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Do you have uh, another story to go into? Yeah, you know, I could quickly talk about this, like, pretty silly location of a haunting. Mm. Um, because I like to talk about the idea that, um, uh, that places that are new can't be haunted, which I guess this kind of proves against that, because history of the land can stay with the land and all that. Um, so this is uh, from a McDonald's in Cuero, Texas. Um, so this McDonald's sits on the corner of the main intersection in town between Victoria Highway and Esplanade. Uh, prior to the building of the restaurant, apparently, there was a gas station at this site with numerous tragedies. Like, lots of pulling up, like, horrific accidents and things like that. A mechanic had a car crush him uh, from the, the, the lift and a woman had hit her son on accident while fueling 
um, things like that. So, um, uh, early in the 1980s, or actually, <laughs> funny about that story, the mechanic that got killed, uh, actually, it was that same day, cops came to the shop and were trying to serve a, a, a warrant for arrest um, on the same guy. So, funny how that works. So at the McDonald's, there's a few uh, people that attend to dine, and then there's a few workers there that have had their own uh, experiences, like toilets being flushed, unexplainable sounds, um, and many different r reports coming in over the last few years. Um, so, and that was in 2002 that that report was made. Um, so I just thought it was silly, you know? Imagine a McDonald's. Fries are floating, nuggets are falling off tables sad hmm. <laughs> um, yeah <clears throat> is that the entire thing yeah it's really really short oh, okay i just wanted to make sure because it, it reminds me of um the toys r us that was haunted by the the guy who supposedly oh, haunted <laughs> by the guy who tried to get a woman to like love but he was like the worker of like the family she was a rich girl i guess or came from a yeah. rich family and then he uh she denied him being like no I don't like you, basically. Yeah. And then uh, he went to go chop wood and accidentally killed himself with it by chopping yeah, his foot. Yeah, he was doing it belligerently. Yeah, yeah, he was angry. So, and then he accidentally chopped his own foot, I think, and bled yeah. to death, I guess. <clears throat> but then he haunted a Toys R Us that was built on the land, I guess, a few centuries later. Or, yeah. <laughs> it was in a JonTron video. Yes. That's a fun video. Cause it's, it is. It's narrated by... Um, uh, 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 Edward Nimoy. Oh, oh what is yeah. his name? Uh, Edward, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's right. just really funny. I don't, oh, no, Leonard uh, Nimoy. Sorry. Leonard uh, Nimoy. Not Edward. Oh, wow. That, what did I just say? <laughs> what a, that's a weird way to say that name. Okay. Uh, what, Edward? Yeah, what first? Did Instead I say. Of, you no, said I, Edward. I thought I, did I or say, maybe you meant to say uh, Leonard, but you said Ennard. <laughs> and it sounded like Edward to me. Because I was looking in my brain case and saw Elrod for some reason, and then that fell into that when brain I said it. Brain my, 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 my head. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, let's, we can move on. <laughs> can we? <laughs> yes, right. please. I have at least, uh, I, can, I, I, well, I have one more story picked out. I can find more if we need to. Okay. Uh, this one's not very long, so we might need to. <laughs> Unless you have uh, anything else after this. I might. Okay. <clears throat> so this one's called... The, uh, this is another Pennsylvania ghost story called The Goblin of Easton, retold by S.E. Schlosser. There was once a monk at the mission who loved money and power more than he loved God. He would hear the confession of the good folk who attended the mission and then would blackmail them into giving him gold and silver to keep their darkest secrets. He turned many a wayward sinner's feet towards the fires of hell rather than the gates of heaven, encouraging their crimes in secret while he reviled them in public. It was after he beat one poor old woman to death that the evil monk was imprisoned and sentenced to hang for his crimes. But just after he was cut down from the noose, and pronounced dead, his corpse began to transform before the horrified eyes of the people. The face twisted and small tusks sprang from either side of his nose. 
His shock of white hair grew long and greasy, and two pointed canines emerged from the sl- his slit of a mouth. The goblin monk opened eyes that glowed yellow even in the noon of day, and sprang to feet that now ended in claws rather than toes. The people screamed and fled, and no prayer of his former brothers in faith could banish the goblin. It disappeared into the forest, only to return at night and prey among the monks of the mission who had been the responsible for its death. After five of the brothers had fallen the goblin, to the goblin, the rest of the monks abandoned the mission and moved to another part of the country. Since that time, the mission house had slowly fallen into, into ruin. I wanted to say disrepair, but I couldn't get it out. But yeah, that's Disruin. Disruin. Yeah. But that is the end of the Goblin of Easton. Is there a town? Hey, where's my Lafayette people at? Yeah, there you go. Let's go. Yeah. Goblin. I was supposed to actually do a photo shoot there. Oh. Um, it's at a at ghost Bush, photo shoot. Um, you can appear at, in the um, background of photos and stuff. You know, it's like a, yes, a ball of light. That's my favorite part, dude. Ever since I saw Slenderman's work in that one picture where he's mm. in the background of all the children, I just yeah, yeah. can't get enough of photo bombing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Easton's not far. So, well, it's far at some points, you know, when like when we're in the ghost world. Yeah. The world. Yeah, then it's actually breaks the uh, fabric of reality. Yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, far. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 break through the uh, you know the fabric of space time. Oh yeah. Hmm. Rules don't apply here. I am upside down right now. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing that. In fact, I can't even imagine how the mic quality is now because I'm too far away. (laughs) Nice explanation. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I actually don't have another one. I'm sorry. Uh, So you just lied to me. (laughs) I could have been looking for something this entire time, but no. I'm I'm sorry. I had had too many tabs. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll talk for a minute. Uh, okay yeah um actually okay i do i do i do okay so um i mean we only have a few minutes left anyways so okay so if you've heard of the hindenburg disaster um you know may 6 1937 uh the german passenger airship lz 129 hindenburg caught fire and was destroyed during its attempt to dock with its mooring mast at the lakehurst naval air station which is actually lakehurst new jersey so again, ah. we're kind of sticking to the northeast. It feels like. Um, I had one from Indiana. I don't know if I mentioned. Of the that. 97 people on board, with 36 passengers and 61 crewmen, there are 35 fatalities. There's also one death on the ground of a crewman. The disaster was the subject of spectacular newsreel coverage, of course, and the photos. The famous one that actually inhabited uh, the first Led Zeppelin album. Uh, oh, is referenced yes. yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently, hangar number one is haunted. It's even there have been lots of experiences. Um, the the writer that was speaking about the quote um, says that uh, anyone that enters the hangar gets the let's a bo- uh, let's boogie now feeling, as they describe it. Um, and even so much as uh, the Seabees. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Seabees before. The Seabees? No, I haven't. So the no, band? it's it's like um no. Okay. It's um. You're talking about Led Zeppelin earlier, so. 
Yeah, no, I can see why. It's a weird name. But basically, it's the uh, the the naval um, construction, like... Oh, na- na- that type is, of name. Uh, 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 soldiers. So, I was like, thinking CBs of a belly is, like, their nickname. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of that naval. Apparently, them, so trained soldiers, even ran out yelling and screaming ah, huh. from this hangar. So, apparently, things can be terrifying enough. And that's not... That's a pretty dangerous place to have it. terrifying things happen, ghostly things happen, about around very expensive aircraft. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So yeah, okay. um, I actually like what made that interesting was I had no idea that the Hindenburg disaster was so close. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that can be the end of uh, this episode of the Paranormal Express. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And good night.